athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. that time of year and i'm in a giving mood as it's report card day of course you're tuned into the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row i am your host donald ware whole lot going on in the world of sports urban meyer retiring from ohio state mike mccarthy fired by the packers we have the college football playoff matchup set as Alabama and Oklahoma going to get together. And then, of course, you have Clemson and Notre Dame getting together. I think the committee got it right with that last team. I'm, I, I thought they got it wrong, as a matter of fact, to even have Georgia in the conversation prior to the SEC championship game. Georgia just sort of came out of nowhere. And what if Georgia had won? Then, I mean, Georgia would have had to, to be there. Um and, you know, Alabama with one loss isn't going anywhere as the best team. So you still would have had the same matchup. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how Georgia even got there in the first place. But I think Oklahoma definitely deserved to be there. And I think that Oklahoma and Alabama game is going to be a, a pretty good matchup. And then, of course, that middle game uh, or the 2-3 matchup, I should say, with Notre Dame and uh, Clemson should be a good one as well Clemson just keeps a consistent program consistent 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 and that is what Clemson does we got a whole lot to get to on the program as I mentioned it's report card day I'm giving my grades to the teams from the SIAC and to the teams from the CIAA today here on from the press box to press row as a matter of fact what you can do right now is log on to our website at box I have actually given the grades for the teams from the CIAA and the SIAC and I'm going to tell you today why I gave the grades that I gave today listen the celebration bowl is set the celebration bowl is going to kick off the bowl season once again next Saturday from Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. It's a rematch of the very first Celebration Bowl between Alcorn State and North Carolina A&T. Alcorn State defeating or outlasting, really, I should say, Southern on last week, 37-28. I thought that Alcorn State would, in fact, win that football game, and that's what Alcorn State was able to do, but it wasn't easy. I knew Southern was going to give them a battle. You know, it's just one of those deals to me where Alcorn State has been there. They've been there the last, they've been in the SWAC championship game going back 
2015, uh, you know, when they um, won it 15, 16, 7, 15, 16, 17, 18, four straight years in the SWAC championship game. They just couldn't win it on last year. Um, I, I think Grambling, you know, the last couple of years or the previous couple of years, I should say, had the better football team against Alcorn State. But at the end of the day, the Braves had the experience and ultimately won the game. Um, you know, I thought Ladarius Skelton could be an issue, the quarterback for Southern. Um, he 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 was a little bit of an issue, but at the end of the day, Alcorn State had enough of a defense to be able to stop Southern when it needed to. And then obviously they had enough offensive firepower to in fact get it done. So I'm going to break down that game, uh, the SWAC championship game, Alcorn State and Southern, and then give you a mini preview, a mini preview of the SWAC championship game or the uh, celebration bowl between Alcorn State and North Carolina A&T today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Why don't you join us on the conversation? Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. While you're there, follow us on Twitter, also on Instagram, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to those listening to us on all of our just wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. A quick programming note for the next couple of weeks. A quick programming note for the next couple of, re- of weeks. Of course, for those that listen to us um, on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 on next week, um, we're going to have our year-end review show. It's going to be a full year-end review show taking a look at the months of January through December of 2018, a full year-end review show. And then what's going to happen, not only is that show going to run next week, it's going to run for uh, the next few weeks on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 as we take a hiatus on satellite radio. But for those of you that listen to us on radio stations across the country and online on next week, you will hear the preview or excuse me, the report cards and my grades for the teams from the MEAC, from the SWAC for Tennessee State and some other independent schools as well. And then after next week, we will begin our year end review programs as we're going to break those up uh, in in two segments or over over a two-week span. So a lot going on with us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Make that programming note. If you listen to us on Sirius XM, you'll get a year-end review show next week, which will air then for the next uh, two weeks as well. And then, of course, new shows uh, for you guys that listen to us on radio stations across the country. Listen, that SWAC championship game was all of that. First of all, Kudos to the SWAC. This is probably something that the SWAC is going to do. Uh, well, I know they're going to do it moving forward in terms of playing the SWAC championship game on respective college or respective schools campuses. It's the best way to go all of those years. I'm struggling to get 
uh, a good attendance in Birmingham. Um, of course, a lot of times it depended upon who was playing in the SWAC championship game. You can go back. I think it was 2014 when Alcorn State and Southern planned in the SWAC championship game, and they had like 48,000 there. I mean, that was a really good attendance in Houston at NRG Stadium. But, um, you know, attendance hadn't been great. And at the end of the day, SWAC paying a lot of money to NRG Stadium to be able to play that game, not really getting the sponsorship. I think the sponsorship had always been um, sort of an issue for the SWAC championship game, and that's why they ultimately uh, decided last year to, they said they were going to, um, to, to, to not have the SWAC championship game and then focus solely on the Celebration Bowl. I just think that was a situation where it was one of those deals like, you know, akin to filing for bankruptcy chapter 13, you're just reorganizing. So I think they just said that reorganize. And now I think they have it down pat. You look at the attendance in Lorman, Mississippi. It was first of all, a, 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 a two good fan bases, Alcorn state at home, Southern going to travel in excess of 20,000 people. And you're announcing the venue two weeks out. That's really, really good. So kudos to the swag and the support from Alcorn State and Southern for this game because these were the two best teams in the SWAC, no question about it. And the fans got their money's worth at this football game. I mean, it went tit for tat with Southern scoring first, then Alcorn State coming back to tie it. Alcorn State went up, then Southern came back to tie it. Alcorn State went up again, then went up by two scores. Southern went, came all the way back to ultimately take a lead before Alcorn State got a field goal and then a couple of, uh, you know, a a, 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 a a field goal and then a touchdown to close this bad boy out. It went tit for tat, and it was all of that. It was just a good football game, um, and ultimately Alcorn State was the better football team and ended up winning that football game. I mean, if you, you know, this kid, Deshaun Waller, the running back for Alcorn State, Man, this kid is the truth. Remember, we were talking about P.J. Simmons to start the season. He was on the Walter Payton Award watch list. And listen, he, it's been about Waller the second half of the season for Alcorn State. Doesn't mean they don't have P.J. Simmons. I think P.J. Simmons may come to play. I mean, you're going to have a, a really good running game. Um, that's going to have to go against a tough Aggie defense, a tough run game, by the way. But I think that's going to be a, a good football game. But this Waller, he is absolutely phenomenal. 177 yards rushing in that football game. Three, count them, three touchdowns. Noah Johnson, the conference's player of the year. Solid football game. I mean, he didn't make a lot of mistakes. The passing game, um, you know, they, they it, it wasn't there per se, and they weren't trying to go deep. They just got it done with the running game. I mean, if any time, um, if you're all corn state and you can rack up uh, 370 yards rushing, I mean, you're going to, you know, you, you're going to take that all day. And that is what all corn state ultimately was able to do. Grind it out survive, take the lead late, hold on to the lead. A good Southern team that hadn't experienced the championship game. Those guys that played it, that were on that team, uh, most of, if not all of them, were not part of that team when Southern uh, played in the championship game going back to the 2014 season. But Ladarius Skelton is the truth. He's a good player, and he's going to be around uh, for Southern for years to come. On the surface, a little mini preview of the Celebration Bowl, I think 
Um, when you're talking about both football teams, A&T and Alcorn State, I think both football teams are better teams than they than or programs and a, and a better team. The 2018 teams of Alcorn State and A&T are better than the 2015 teams of Alcorn State and A&T. And yeah, I'm saying that particularly for A&T with a guy like a Tariq Cohen who was part of that. Uh, team and just went absolutely buck wild in that celebration bowl with three touchdowns. All of those touchdown runs were in excess of 70 yards. Um, You know, this is going to be a matchup of a good running game in all corn state versus a good run stopping game in North Carolina A&T. You know, when I look at, you know, you look at A&T offensively much better than they were overall uh, than they were in 2015 in Alcorn State. I mean, you know, Noah Johnson, a a, a guy that not only can run the football, can pass it. Uh, Deshaun Waller, P.J. Simmons, been able to run the football. And the difference also, I thought Alcorn State's defense was good in 2015. It is also good in 2018. We're going to break that matchup down more next week and have the head football coach of Alcorn State, Fred McNair, and the head football coach of Sam of A&T, Sam Washington, join us. Up next is Report Card Day. I'm giving my grades to the teams from the SIAC. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Marjorie's Beef Jerky has temporarily dropped her prices of beef jerky, saving you $2.49 per bag with a six-bag minimum purchase and a 12-bag limit per order. $8.25 for shipping up to 12 bags. The offer is only good while supplies last. Use promo code PICKANY6. Pick any, the number six. Go to Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com and order your bags of beef jerky right now using the promo code PICKANY6. It's report card day here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Let's take a look at the CIAA. We're going to do this in alphabetical order, beginning with Bowie State. Finished with a record of 10-3. and three. And ultimately, the Bulldogs won their first ever CIAA championship game. And as a matter of fact, won a first round playoff game before ultimately falling to Valdosta State to end their season. And with Bowie State, as it has been or had been for the previous two years, it all begins with the quarterback, Amir Hall. And Amir Hall had a phenomenal Season. I'm, I'm going to break down a little bit and, and compare some of what he was able to do last year and what he was able to do 
this year. First of all, let's look at the numbers. Completed 65% of his passes for 4,152 yards, had 31 touchdowns uh, to 10 interceptions. He was also the second leading rusher for the Bulldogs, 445 yards rushing and another seven, count them, another seven touchdowns rushing. Listen, Amir Hall, and I can think of some of the really good quarterbacks that we've had the last, I don't know, seven or eight years in the CIAA. Cameron Smith of Winston-Salem State comes to mind going back, I guess, some four, some some really five, six, seven years ago now. Um, you can look at a Drew Powell from Livingstone who was really, really good, could throw the football very well, was a prototypical type of, of quarterback that the National Football League likes. You know, 6'4", a guy that is a big guy, has a gun for an arm, and it could also scramble a little bit as well. But Amir Hall trumps them all. And by the way, Amir Hall finishes his career at Bowie State as the all-time leading passer in CIAA history. All-time leading passer in CIAA history, all-time leading passer of touchdowns, in CIAA history, all-time leader in terms of total offense in CIAA history. And that's just on the surface. I mean, he's probably got a lot more records than what I'm telling you right now. And he was able to pretty much do what he did in less than 40 games. In about 40 games or so, 4,152 yards passing on the season. Now, if you look at what Amir Hall did last year, and, and certainly the 4,152 yards passing was probably, if I had to say off the top of my head, was somewhere between 500 to 800 yards more than what he was able to accomplish last year. You look at the 65% completion percentage. That's right around what he where he was last year. Last year, he had 40 touchdowns to four interceptions this year 31 touchdowns to 10 interceptions I think a lot of that had to do with the running game for Bowie State now Bowie State not a bad running game I think I think they relied more on Amir Hall and more on the passing game in terms of throwing the football I think Brandon Abrams was able to get some things done but it wasn't the same passing game as what Amir Hall had on last year. I mean, he did have coming back from a receiver standpoint. He had uh, Cisse coming back, who had a tremendous season, was his deep threat guy, averaged in excess of 17 yards per reception. Um, So he didn't have the same running game as he had last year. I think the offense relied more on Amir Hall this year. And when you do that, I mean, that's going to, you know, he's got to sling it a little bit more. So the interceptions are going to be up a little bit more as they were this year. Doesn't matter. I mean, when you look at the numbers and look at what Amir Hall was able to do for this Bowie State uh, football team, it was tremendous. The defense, I mean, you had some playmakers on the defense. I mean, you look at Derek Tate, an all-conference guy. You know, Joshua Pryor, an all-conference guy. I mean, these guys really able to get it done um, up front. And with that, I mean, you know, again, when you're going up against a Valdosta State and you're going up against some of the perennial powers in Division II, it's a little bit more difficult. But Bowie State had an outstanding season at 10-3. and three. I gave the Bulldogs an A. Chowan, 6-4. and four. They were 4-2 and two in CIAA play. And this was, 
if it was any year for the Hawks, this was the year for the Hawks to get it done. Remember, they started this season out a little bit slow, including the opening CIAA loss to Fayetteville State. But then they were able to respond and beat Bowie State. But the problem was Virginia Union lay or lie in waiting for Chawan. So it was a situation where Chawan figured out how to beat Bowie State. Virginia Union looked at the tape in terms of how to beat Chawan by Chawan beating Bowie State. And then Virginia Union, the very next week, went out and beat Bowie State. Really, it was open. There was an opening for Chawan right there to be able to take perhaps the Northern Division, which clearly for the past five to six years has been the top conference in all of the CIAA. When I look at Chawan, I mean, it's been the same story for Chawan ever since the Hawks have entered the CIAA. It's been all about the offense, and the offense was tremendous once again this year. Tyrell Freeman, the running back, second best running back in the conference, rushed for almost 1,300 yards, averaged 6.9 yards per carry, had 14 rushing touchdowns on the season. You look at Bryce Witt, probably the second best quarterback in the CIAA, uh, second or third perhaps, certainly Amir Hole. Uh, was the best but when you look at Bryce Witt he won a Boxer Row National Player of the Week award completed 62% of his passes this year 2,700 yards 27 touchdowns to eight interceptions the one thing about Chawan which has plagued the again the defense has been the thing that has really plagued Chawan since they've come into the CIAA and they had their opportunities definitely did the Hawks Still, I think a better than average season. They were right on that teeter line of a B minus and a C plus. I gave the Hawks ultimately a C plus. Elizabeth City State one and seven. They were zero and five in CIAA play. Were the Vikings and uh, just a tough season. Anthony Jones in his first season. Now I'll tell you what. The one win that the Vikings had turned out really to be a, a pretty big win because they beat Central State to open the season and Central State who, when I look back on things from last year, I gave Central State an F last year. Central State probably is going to get somewhere, you know, around a, a, a C or an upper C because Central State actually had a pretty solid season, especially to end the season. The Vikings weren't terrible uh, from a defensive standpoint. I mean, a couple of guys stood out defensively, Sean Bridges, uh, Micah Cooper, but they didn't have much of anything going offensively, and that was a real problem for Elizabeth City State. And by the way, anytime you I'm, – I'm sorry, but anytime you lose to Lincoln of Pennsylvania, that is an issue as well. But I know Anthony Jones, it was his first season. He got in there late. I know he's going to turn things around. But for this season, I gave the Vikings an F. Fayetteville State was 6-3, and 5-1 and one in CIAA play this was a Bronco team, the defending Southern Division champions. They defended their championship, ultimately went to the CIAA championship game and lost to Bowie State this time around. You know, Fayetteville State wasn't great. They were good. Off- I mean, they were, they were solid. I don't, they were solid offensively. They weren't necessarily good. But I tell you what, anytime you got a running back by the name of Stevie Green, I mean, that's going to take a lot of pressure off some of the things that you need to do. And one of the things I forgot to mention about Elizabeth City State that ultimately happened with Fayetteville State as well was they had a couple of games that were canceled because of 
uh, Hurricane Florence. So they played two less games than they ordinarily would have. Stevie Green had a solid season. He didn't have the season that he had last year, but he had a solid season. And at the same time, Fayetteville State didn't necessarily have the quarterback play this year than it had or like it had in years, years or last year. But the quarterback play uh, was solid. But where Fayetteville State was this year, the difference between Fayetteville State this year and Fayetteville State last year was from a defensive perspective. This is a Fayetteville State team that in eight football games had 88 and a half tackles for loss. They were able to get it done up front. They were able to get it done defensively. Guys like Keyshawn James, who really stood out this season, and Marcus Crutchfield, and all these guys really stood out for Fayetteville State this year. They had a really solid season, and their calling card was on the defensive side of the football. And for that, again, defending their West, their Southern Division crown, I gave the Broncos a B minus. The Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls two and eight overall, two and four in CIAA play. And really, there are two things that you need to know about Johnson C. Smith, and it pretty much, you know, I think summed up their season. They gave up uh, per game in excess of 380 yards of total offense per game, meanwhile only gaining 224 and a half per game. And that's all that needs to be said. They gave up a lot of points. The defense um, wasn't good at all. You know, I thought that Johnson C. Smith would, would be better this year. And, you know, the old saying goes, when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And that sort of was the deal with Johnson C. Smith this year. They didn't get any consistent play from the quarterback position. They were unable to run the football, and that just really spelled disaster for Johnson C. Smith on the season. I gave the Golden Bulls an F. The Lincoln Lions were 1-9 and 1-5 and in conference play. And, you know, much like Johnson C. Smith, when you look at the numbers, so uh, the Lions given up uh, in excess of 450 yards of total offense per game, meanwhile only gaining about 220 yards of total offense per game. That definitely is not going to be able to get it done. I mean, a couple of highlights, a couple of guys on the defensive side of the football were pretty good for Lincoln. Dominic uh, Rogers was pretty good, and Solomon Bassett was pretty good as well. Bassett, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks, and then you had Rogers with 15 and a half tackles for loss. But it just was another, just another struggle of a season for Lincoln. As I mentioned, their only win of the season, they eked out a win, 21 to 20 over Elizabeth City State. Conversely, they got blown out by Virginia Union, 90 to nothing. A bad season, another bad season, really, for Lincoln. I gave the Lions an F. It's report card day here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're halfway through the CIAA teams. Let's step aside, take a break, come back. We'll take a look at the six remaining teams in the CIAA. Livingstone was interesting. Three and six, one and five in CIAA play. And when you look at Livingstone, you look at the offensive output. They're averaging close to 350 yards of total offense per game. You look at the defensive production. They're giving up about 292 yards of total offense per game. So I started looking and I'm thinking, okay, what's the issue here? You first thing I would look at when I see those kind of numbers and I see the record is what it is. I look at 
the turnovers. The turnovers weren't awful. I mean, about 22 turnovers on the season. I mean, that's not, I mean, you know, again, for that kind of production and um, defensively and offensively, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not an inordinate amount of turnovers. But then I looked at the points, and that's where uh, that was the problem for uh Livingstone it wasn't like they were an offensive juggernaut they weren't an offensive juggernaut it's just that the numbers weren't bad they didn't get bad quarterback play they didn't run the football bad either I mean it just but it was one of those deals where they couldn't score points and um by the way they if, if I had to guess I would say they probably uh gave up um they probably uh, not only didn't score points but uh but 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 also uh, uh, opponents outscored them also. And if I had to look at it and if I said, okay, defensively, they were pretty solid. The offense probably put the defense in some bad situations. If I had to take a guess throughout the course of the season at the wrong time um, as well. But if I look at Livingstone, um, at least from an individual standpoint, particularly defensively, Amon Cox has been a guy that has been really, really good at another solid season. Devontae Adams, 11 and a half tackles for loss, also had nine sacks on the season. But uh, again, Livingstone, only three wins on the season. I gave the Blue Bears a D minus. St. Augustine's was two and seven, two and four in CIAA play. And, you know, I thought this was going to be the year for the Falcons based upon what the Falcons were able to do in 2017. I thought they may be able to get over the hump again. The Southern Division to me is was wide open. I thought Winston-Salem State would make a rebound. Certainly you couldn't count out Fayetteville State to defend the championship. And although St. Augs got off to the slow start, their first two games were against FCS opponents in Jacksonville and uh, North Carolina Central. They lost the game to Bowie State. I mean, what can you say? Bowie State, really, really good. It was a competitive football game, as a matter of fact. Then a win against Elizabeth City State, a win against Livingstone, with a showdown against Winston-Salem State in a crucial Southern Division matchup. And you're like, okay, St. Augustine's doing what it did last year. This time they lose to Winston. As a matter of fact, they lost their last four games to Winston, Fayetteville State, lost to Johnson C. Smith, and ultimately lost the battle for Raleigh to Shaw, um, which obviously that that's one that you 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 definitely don't want to lose. You know, I, I look at the quarterback production for St. Augustine's just wasn't there with Daryl Johnson only playing in a handful of games, and then you know you're you're asking John Darby to try to get um, some things done, and it just wasn't. Um, a good season for St. Augustine's. They were they were bitten by uh, a couple of injuries and just did not allow for them to capitalize uh, on what they were able to do on last season. So ultimately, I gave St. Augustine's a D minus. The Shaw Bears five and five on the season and um, four and two in CIAA play, and um, it's a pretty good. I, I would say a pretty good season for Shaw. Um, offensively, I mean, they were able to get it done uh, in both the run and the passing game. The quarterback, Keon Marsh, completing 64% of his passes for 2,333 yards, 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. And they had a solid running game led by the former North Carolina Central Eagle, uh, Darrell McLean, who had close to 500 yards rushing on the season, also had five touchdowns. Um, defensively, 
not as not as good as um, they would have liked from a defensive perspective overall. But I'm going to tell you what, Devin Hunt, the linebacker for Shaw, is absolutely spectacular. 98 tackles on the season, 15 and a half tackles for loss. This young man was the CIAA's defensive rookie of the year. He just completed his junior year, and he is a whale of a defensive player, makes a lot of the tackles um, on the defense. Again, uh, a solid season for Shaw. Probably, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say better than expected, but, you know, again, they didn't necessarily have a good season last year, but I mean, they were right there in the hunt. At one time, had won four straight games, uh, really to end the season. Then, of course, they had the game against Chawan, which was um, which was an, an additional game. But ultimately, I gave the Shaw Bears a C. Virginia State, the Trojans were four and five overall, coming off winning that CIAA championship in 2017. And the bottom line is, when you lose a dynamic player like a Trenton Cannon, the running back, he was boxed to row in terms of, uh, I believe, at running back and also as a kick returner, All-America on last year. I mean, it's hard to really overcome that. Cordario Cook, the quarterback, I thought he had a solid season. I mean, I, I thought he had a solid season. I mean, he was able, you know, he's a guy that can run the football. He's a guy that can pass the football as well. Did a, a decent job in terms of throwing the football. 60% of his passes completed. Uh, 16 touchdowns to nine interceptions. And then he also could run the football, which he did a good job of 11 rushing touchdowns on the season. But, you know, defensively is sort of where uh, the, the Trojans didn't excel. And by the way, the Trojans, when you look up and down the schedule, the Trojans won the football games they were supposed to win. And they lost the football games that they probably should not have won a la Bowie State, a la Virginia Union. It was going to be much harder for the Trojans without a player like a Trenton Cannon to win that CIAA Northern Division where Bowie State had Amir Hall coming back, Virginia Union. You knew they were going to reload. Chawan was on the rise a little bit again this year. But um, again, listen, they won the CIAA last year. Not a bad season for Virginia State. I gave the Trojans a C. Virginia Union, the Panthers were 8-2 and two on the season. This was a really good season for Virginia Union. I thought the Panthers should have been a Division II playoff team. Their two losses on the season to Carson Newman, who ultimately did not make the playoffs, and then also to uh, Bowie State, their only two losses on the season. I mean, outside of um, Bowie, outside of Bowie State, Virginia Union, um, the, the second most high powered offense. And if you, if you wanted to argue in terms of, uh, of, of offense and defense combined, I mean, you could almost argue that Virginia Union was as good as Bowie State overall because their defense was better than was, uh, was Bowie State. But at the end of the day, when they went head to head, Bowie State won that football game and that ultimately propelled Bowie State into the CIAA championship in the game and then ultimately the victory. Um, Tabius Taylor, the running back, phenomenal. I mean, you know, we had Coach Parker on this on the show earlier in the season. He raved about this young man. 1,546 yards rushing, had 21 touchdowns, averaged 6.3 yards per carry on the season. And remember, this young man weighs 250 pounds. Their quarterback, Darius Taylor, also very good. In the run game, he averaged 6.4 yards per carry, 465 yards rushing. And then he also, meaning Taylor, 
Um, Darius Taylor, that is, was pretty good uh, at the quarterback in terms of throwing the football, I should say, completing 57% of his passes. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher, but for 1,768 yards, 20 touchdowns uh, to six interceptions on the season. I tell you, Virginia Union, what a season for Virginia Union. I thought they were really good. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to go to the CIAA championship game, did not go to the Division II playoffs. But still, I gave the Panthers a B. And finally, Winston-Salem State was 5-4 and four on the season. And I'll tell you what, it started. It looked like it was going to be a pretty good season for Winston-Salem State. It started out right as they were able to defeat UNC Pembroke, then lost to Catawba. As a matter of fact, they lost three straight football games. Uh, when you look at the loss to Catawba, Virginia Union, and then to Bowie State, then they ultimately won their next three football games and had a homecoming showdown against Shaw and lost to Shaw. And that's essentially where Winston-Salem State lost the uh, Southern Division. Now, you know, they rebounded the next week and defeated Fayetteville State. But at the end of the day, the West, the uh, Southern Division had already been decided um, at that point. Uh, Fayetteville State knew that it was going to play in the CIAA championship game. Dominic Graves, um, the quarterback, um, 815 yards passing, 59% of his passes completed, four touchdowns to four interceptions. Rod Tinsley also played. So, you know, they didn't get... Uh, good production from the quarterback position. Carry on more. The running back's been doing it for a long time. He had another good season. 5.1 yards per carry on the season. Had uh, 16 rushing touchdowns. So carry on more was able to get it done um, also. And But, you know, where Winston-Salem State has excelled in, uh, in years past and not so much this year overall defensively, but particularly in the past defense, giving up 200 yards um, passing per game, which is uncharacteristic of Winston-Salem State. And uh, for the Rams, I mean, it wasn't a bad season, but it's not obviously what they expect in Winston-Salem. I gave the Rams a C. So that's a look at the report cards for the team's from the CIAA, of course, we have this posted on our website at BoxToRow.com. All of the grades are posted on our website at BoxToRow.com. All right, we still got some time left in this segment. We're going to take a look at the teams from the SIAC again in alphabetical order, beginning with Albany State, who had a pretty solid season. I thought Albany State, they started out very slow. Finished the season seven and four. I think if they had won in the SIAC championship game, they had a good shot perhaps of making the playoffs. Three out of conference games, Valdosta State, West Georgia, and Catawba. They actually defeated Catawba um, in their first three games were all losses. Valdosta State, Tuskegee, and West Georgia. But then Albany State was absolutely lights out after that, winning seven straight games and then ultimately falling to Miles in the SIAC championship game. It's just one of those deals where Miles gets in the SIAC championship game and they win the thing. You know, Tracy Scott, the running back, was good. Uh, so was McKinley Habersham. I think the running game for Albany State was really, really good. The quarterback, uh, Kalias Williams, had some moments, completed about 60% of his passes, 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions, and he definitely had some moments. And I thought that the Albany State defense um, – was quite adequate this year as a matter of fact. If they had won one more game, um, 
you know, of those three losses. Who knows? But that was a tough schedule. And I thought Albany State uh, played well, especially to end the season. You know, as you know, I had Fort Valley State to win that Eastern Division. So ultimately, I gave Albany State a B minus. It's report card day here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Taking a look or giving my grades to the teams in the SIAC. Going to continue with the SIAC on the other side of this break. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. It's report card day. A little bit earlier in the program, I gave my grades to the teams from the CIAA. And in the last segment continued with the CIAA also gave you my grade or the grade that I gave to Albany State. And, of course, we're going to continue next week on From the Press Box to Press Row in terms of giving grades to teams from the MEAC, to teams from the SWAC, and to Tennessee State, as well as some of the independent schools. And by the way, of course, the grade currently for North Carolina A&T and Alcorn State going to be incomplete because they're going to play in the Celebration Bowl on next Saturday. Let's take a look at Benedict, who finished the season 6-3. and three. They were 3-2 and two in conference play. If you heard the HBCU Daily Podcast all summer, and if you listen to this show at any uh, at any given time, I had been touting that Benedict would win the SIAC East Division this year. I think that, um, in fact, you know, I, I'm a believer that defense wins championships. And once again, it was a phenomenal defense um, for Benedict once again this year. Got to be number one in Division 2. I mean, they're they they're, they're, they uh, opponents, I should say, were averaging only about 233 yards of total offense per game. The problem with Benedict, and it continues really to be an issue, is that Benedict itself is unable to manufacture uh, uh, manufacture points. I mean, that's the bottom line. Less than 300 yards of total offense per game. Um, at least if they could establish a running game, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't good enough, averaging about 133 yards per game. Uh, Dominic Harris, the quarterback, he was decent, you know, completing about 56% of his passes, 13 touchdowns to six interceptions. At the end of the day, you got to be able to score points. Benedict went on a nice run, started the season off with a loss to Florida Tech, and then proceeded to win five straight games before a surprising loss to Morehouse and they got blanked by Albany State before they finished the season out. Uh, you know, Benedict, 
uh, I expected a little bit more, but I mean, not a bad season at all. I gave Benedict a C. Central State. Got to talk about the Marauders because this was a Central State team um, that last year, again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on in the program, I had given Central State an F. This was a Central State um, team that finished 5-5, five and five, and it didn't look good, to be honest with you, a little bit early on. Lost the opening game to Elizabeth City State, then beat Clark 7 to nothing. Then lost to Morehouse, got blown out by Morehouse, and then beat Kentucky State, lost to Benedict, lost to Miles, but then proceeded to win three of its last four ball games and scored a bunch of points. They beat UNC Pembroke. Robert Morris, a Division I program, they lost that game 49-45. to So Central State found some offense along the way towards the latter part of the season. And Trent Mays, the quarterback, solid season, completed 53% of his passes, 2,127 yards, 15 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Also had the ability to run the football a little bit. I thought that uh, Central State did a pretty good job of running the football um, as well. And the thing about it, when you look at Central State from a, um, a defensive perspective, I mean, they, they weren't bad. They had some guys, um, Kayleen Abrams. Um, was was obviously an all-SIAC guy, 12 tackles for loss on the season. They had a pretty solid defense. You know, I got to give Central State some credit here. Started out the season slow, um, but had a pretty strong finish, especially when the expectations weren't that high. I gave Central State a C+. Taking a look at Clark Atlanta, and it was another tough season for Clark Atlanta. And Clark only won three football games. They went three and seven um, on the season. Wins over Allen, Fort Valley State, and Morehouse. A surprising win, as a matter of fact, at the end of the season over Morehouse, who uh, did not finish the season strong as well. Allen is a new program, and then Fort Valley State just had a bad season, uh, quite frankly. Um, I mean, listen, you know, some semblance of a running game in, in, in Roger Thomas, um, you know, Charles Stafford, the quarterback, he just wasn't consistent enough, completing 53% of his passes, 10 touchdowns to 11 interceptions on the season. I mean, you turn the ball over that many times, um, which Clark Atlanta did, and, 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 uh, and not so good things are going to happen for you. But the defense wasn't bad. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Edmonds, Cameron Rogers, William Prophet, these guys really – um, really did a good job in terms of making tackles, but also making tackles for loss. But again, for Clark Atlanta, uh, another just not good season for the Panthers. I gave the Panthers a D. Taking a look at Fort Valley State, and again, this was a Fort Valley State program that a couple of years ago won the SIAC championship game last year, played in the SIAC championship Boy, Fort Valley State the last uh, last year, this past year in 2018, falling on some hard times. I will say, however, that their two wins were against pretty good teams, against Miles in the beginning of the season. And Miles, of course, had to eventually find its way and played better towards the second half of the season. Although if you look at Miles, I mean, they lost a lot of really close football games. And then the other win for Fort Valley State was against Morehouse towards the latter part of the season. The problem, Fort Valley State could not muster much offense at all. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't pass the football either. 
And then from a defensive perspective, I mean, you know, they were okay. But but when you're averaging 247 yards of total offense per game, you're not going to get it done. I mean, I had to give some credit to Fort Valley State for the the win over Miles and the win over Morehouse um, to end the season. I gave the Wildcats a D minus. Kentucky State. This was a Kentucky State program that was in the SIAC championship game two years ago against Fort Valley State. They had a, a not good season last year and then pretty much an abysmal season on this year. Fort Valley State did not win a single football game this year. They weren't good defensively. They really weren't good offensively. Um, you know, just not really not really sure um, you know, what was happening um, with Jules at the quarterback position. I mean, this was a guy a couple of years ago, you looked at him, okay, you know, he, he you, you thought he was going to get some things done, but just had been a struggle. One of the bright spots for, uh, for Kentucky State this season was Michael Nero. He did a fairly decent job of uh, running the football, 6.3 yards per carry, 309 yards uh, is what he gained rushing on the season. But when you look at him uh, in the kick return game and the punt return game, he was really, really good, really, really good. So he was one of the bright spots. But obviously, Kentucky State with no wins on the season. I gave the Wildcats an F lane on the season. It's been a, a bit of a struggle for lane. When you look at the Dragons three and six on the season. And but I mean, I I will say they were able at least on a stretch. They lost their first five ball games and then won three straight again, one against Allen, one against Kentucky State and sandwiched in between those wins was a one point win over miles. I mean, that was a that was a a pretty big win for Lane Marcus Reynolds, uh, the quarterback. You know, he didn't have as good a season this year as he had on last year he wasn't as consistent as the dragons would have needed him to be he's a guy that can throw the football and run the football 51 percent of his passes completed 13 touchdowns to 11 interceptions that's a lot of interceptions for marcus reynolds a whole lot more expected of him one of the bright spots however for lane and really has been and even last year has been lane's defense i mean you look you know, at a guy like a Bracey McKenzie, an all-conference performer, 72 tackles on the season, 14 tackles for loss. Dexter Collins had 12 and a half tackles on the season. But unfortunately, the offense wasted what Lane was able to do from a defensive perspective. Three wins on the season for Lane. I gave the Dragons a D. Taking a look at Morehouse. And, you know, this was a Morehouse program. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, we're doing it in alphabetical order. Excuse me, taking a look at Miles. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> listen, Miles got off to the slow start this season, lost its first five games, and then proceeded to win uh, five of the next six games to win the SIAC championship. And, and when you look at some of these losses, I mean, they started the season off against Alabama A&M with a loss, 37 and nothing. Uh, played hard against West Alabama, lost that game 37 to 21. Lost to Fort Valley State 21 to 19. Lost to Heartbreaker to Morehouse 23 to 21. Hung around with Albany State, lost that game 30 to 24. But, you know, I mean, I, I really like what Reginald Ruffin is doing at Morehouse. Justin Hardy 
didn't have the season that they expected him to have. He had some disciplinary um, issues, as Reginald Ruffin pointed out um, to us. At the end of the day, I thought Daniel Smith did a good job at the quarterback position, completing 54% of his passes, 19 touchdowns to seven interceptions, threw for in excess of 2,000 yards on the season. And then defensively, Miles was decent. Um, you know, you got to – I mean, they, they started out slow, you know, uh, but ultimately Miles – Finished well and won the SIAC championship uh, game. I gave Miles a B minus. Now taking a look at Morehouse, who started the season off really, really fast, ultimately finished seven and three. You're talking about a Miles program that finished and started off the season six and zero, oh, uh, then lost to Albany State, then beat Benedict before losing its last two games. A surprising loss to Fort Valley State and to Clark Atlanta. Um, obviously I'm going to look at this in totality. Santo Dunn, the running back was the uh, conference's player of the year. 11 rushing touchdowns. Um, Michael Sims, um, was solid. He, he was solid. He wasn't as good down the stretch, but he was still solid. Didn't make a lot of mistakes, but you know, I look at this thing in totality for Morehouse. They didn't have a good finish, but I mean a good start. And again, you have to look at it in totality. I gave Morehouse on the season a B. The final team is Tuskegee, a surprising season for uh, Tuskegee, surprisingly not good, that is, as the Golden Tigers finish 5-5 five and five, um, the season. I mean, they got some pretty good quarterback play from Ahmad uh, Duramus, who was named the SIC's MVP overall, 18 touchdowns to four interceptions. The thing about uh, Tuskegee this year, um, and, you know, they – just didn't score enough points. I mean, they had a really good defense, um, but they needed to be able to score more points. They got good play from the running back position, but not so good from running the football or from the quarterback position, but they didn't run the football well. And uh, Tuskegee with a five and five record, not what Tuskegee was expecting. I gave Tuskegee a C minus. Got to get out of here. Don't forget next week from the press box to press row, the report cards continue as I look at the MEAC and the swack along with Tennessee State. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. And no matter what the cost I gotta keep on keeping on. Came up in these trees. There was no father there for me. Just have to go without eating. Hey, how you like me now?